the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. Uh, Yesterday, in talking with the Hallmans, Hugh and Lewis Hallman, we were focusing a lot on vaccine information And I have been obsessed with masks of late. I have to tell you, it's everything I've been reading about. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, but how many of you in the audience knew that those masks that we've been told to wear and probably the ones that are most prominent, they're kind of they're not cloth masks, but they're basically Uh, bluish in tone with several ridges and they have simple strings behind their ears. I'm trying to stay away from professional terminology on these things because I think it gets confusing. In other words, respirators versus masks, medical, all that. So I'm just talking about the kind of masks most of you know. How many of you knew that you weren't supposed to wear those more than once? How many of you knew that those were supposed to be disposed of after a single use? How many of you knew that the cloth masks, the things that some stores sell you with their logos on it, or perhaps there's a favorite band you like, or it's a cloth mask with another image on it, or some kind of fashionable design or designer, how many of you have been wearing those masks? Do you know that they are irrelevant, irrelevant to protection in transmitting COVID or the or SARS-CoV-2? Are you aware of that? I bet you weren't. I bet you thought they were just as good as any other mask. Well, you can go to the CDC if you want on this. They have a report entitled Effectiveness of Cloth Masks for Protection Against Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, and they're talking about their randomized controlled trials, sometimes known as RCTs, and they found that not only, quote, the filtration effectiveness of cloth masks is generally lower than that of medical masks and varies widely. Some materials filter better than others. Filtration effectiveness of cloth masks depend on many factors, such as thread count, number of layers, type of fabric, and water resistance. You who like cloth masks and wear them, are you um, aware of all those conditions and concerns regarding your cloth masks? I'll give you the conclusion from the CDC report. Quote, the filtration effectiveness fit and performance of cloth masks are inferior to those of medical masks and respirators. Cloth mask use should not be mandated for healthcare workers who should as priority be provided proper respiratory protection. Cloth masks can be used when other medical masks are unavailable. That is to say, now they're using 
term, professional terminology. That is to say when those blue paper masks that you're supposed to throw away every time you use them, when they're unavailable, you go to cloth masks, according to the CDC. And finally, quote, cloth masks should be washed daily and after high exposure use by using soap and water or other appropriate methods. That's about as conditional as you're going to get. You can do better when it comes to how cloth masks work by listening to Professor Michael Olsterholm at the University of Minnesota, Professor of Epidemiology. He is an advisor, a coronavirus task force advisor to Joe Biden. Many thought he might become the head of the CDC or the FDA in the Biden administration. I have known of this man's work for many years. He's effectively, oh, how would I describe him? Um, If Anthony Fauci is the most respected, quote unquote, epidemiologist in the country, Michael Olsterholm is the second most respected. For those of you that know um, that know uh, legalese and and follow the Supreme Court, you know that there are certain federal judges you quote who have almost as much authority or point uh, of um, point of uh, point of dicta point of uh, law as something that might be said by a Supreme Court justice. Think of your former judges like McConnell or Posner. You know what I'm talking about. Learned at hand in the 40s and 50s. There are federal judges who are quotable everywhere. Michael Olsterholm is that kind of epidemiologist. Listen to what he had to say a week ago. We know today that many of the face cloth coverings that people wear are not very effective in reducing any of the virus movement in or out. Either you're breathing out or you're breathing in. And in fact, if you're in the upper Midwest right now, anybody who's wearing their face cloth covering can tell you they can smell all the smoke that we're still getting. We need to talk about better masking. We need to talk about N95 respirators, which would do a lot for both people who are not yet uh, vaccinated or not previously infected, protecting them, as well as keeping others who might become infected, having been vaccinated, from from breathing out the virus. So I think one of the things right now, we've just got to get a better handle on what does protect people and what doesn't. It ain't the cloth mask. It ain't the cloth mask. Now, let's talk a little bit about the masks I first described, the ones that are practically everywhere. The blue ones, again, I'm trying to deliberately stay away from terminology because it gets confusing, but you know what they look like. The blue ones with ridges or serrations on the front, folds, if you will, with simple strings that go around your ears. Perhaps best known as disposable masks, if I can use the Vulgate. Do you know that they are to be worn once? They should not be reused And do you know that there are very, very specific instructions from the CDC on how to dispose of it? Carefully untie the – I'm reading from the CDC. cdc.gov slash coronavirus slash 2019.ncov slash prevent getting sick slash about face coverings dot html. Carefully untie the strings behind your head or stretch the ear loops. Handle only by the ear loops or ties. Who among you does that? Certainly not the president. Fold the outside corners together. Who among you do that? Be careful not to touch your eyes, nose, and mouth when removing and wash hands immediately after removing. Who among us or you 
do that. Certainly not the President of the United States. Did you see the video of him giving a used cloth mask to a child who happened to be eight or nine-year-old son of the governor of Kentucky, took it off his face, kept it in his hand, and then handed it to the child to do God knows what with. Now, I wouldn't have cared two months ago, quite frankly, because the president wouldn't have needed to wear a mask being fully vaccinated, as he told the rest of us, we don't need to wear masks to be fully vaccinated. But if you want the single worst offender to show you how and how not to wear a mask, go to the man who claims it's the patriotic thing to do and not political. He handles sometimes the paper kind and sometimes the cloth kind with what you might best call worst practices. He touches his nose and his face, picks it up, puts it down, waves it around, puts it on his face, takes it off, and then rinse, repeat, except no rinse. He repeats it. He simply repeats it. As for those blue masks, or those light blue masks, or whatever you want to wear them, whatever you want to call them, Please understand, please understand that there is a wealth of information from the WHO to the New England Journal of Medicine to the CDC that states today what Anthony Fauci stated originally. Masks outside of N95 respirators are not going to stop the transmission. If you want to quote, from simply the World Health Organization, I will give it to you directly. Quote, there is currently no evidence that wearing a mask by healthy persons in the wider community setting, including universal community masking, can prevent them from infection with respiratory viruses, including COVID-19. New England Journal of Medicine, quote, we know that wearing a mask outside healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from Infection. Public health authorities define a significant exposure to COVID-19 as face-to-face contact within six feet with a patient with symptomatic COVID-19 that is sustained for at least a few minutes. CDC, quote, there is limited evidence for masking effectiveness in preventing influenza virus transmission, either when worn by the infected person for source control or when worn by uninfected persons. By the way, Quick question. If they're still holding to the six feet away distancing, why not just mandate that in our schools and let the children be? Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. A couple things that I am consumed by lately, obsessed with reading about lately, is uh, mask issues, as I said uh, in the segment before, prior, and uh, children. And the discussion uh, may be censored. I uh, have been used to that when I used to give formal monologues quoting government sources because YouTube said anything discussed about covid can only be from a government source. When I quoted simply verbatim 
government sources in my monologues, even YouTube banned those things. It seems that there are these generally oppositional policies that when we're told to follow the science, it only means one area of science, and certainly within that area, only certain scientists. Olsterholm, up until last week, and now no longer, for example, uh, when it comes to masks, he whose audio I played a few moments ago. But what about when it comes to children? We're, we're now going to go into this debate about schools and children. I'm going to have a guest on it a little later in the show, Bethany Mandel. We're going to get into this debate about schools and children. And it's a good question as to what schools on the East Coast will do. As you know, here in Arizona, we have passed a law signed by Governor Doug Ducey that bans the mandating of masks for children in schools. And nonetheless, several school districts are in violation of it and having to be sued. I hope those suits go forward and we win. I don't know how we could not. The police and health powers in this country are generally delegated to the states. You don't get better state authority than a piece of legislation in clear language signed off by the governor. It was all to save the mental, social, educational, and emotional health of our children. We have become used to the teachers' unions not caring about our children. One might even forgive a professional institution for caring first and foremost about its dues-paying clients. And Al Schenker, former head of the Federation of Teachers, an honest one, once in the 70s said it all. When he said, as soon as students start paying the union dues, then they will be my first concern. The NEA and the AFT's first concern is not children, it is teachers. We are clearly seeing that take place in too many places now. But who ever among us thought schools were for teachers and not for students, not for children? That's the transition we have to understand very clearly. If a teacher is a member of a teacher's union and has to do what the teacher's union says, I get it. And if the head of the teacher's union cares about the teachers, I don't like it, I disagree, but I get it. That's their constituency. But who's the school's constituency? Children. And whence comes the notion that people should be afraid of their customers or their clients or those they're supposed to serve? Are we now being told that the teachers among us the teachers among us are so fragile that they are actually afraid of going into a classroom. And if they're afraid of going into a classroom, we know it's not the classroom that they're afraid of. It's the children. That they're afraid of the children? They're afraid of them? Roger Scruton once said, all the best things we have when abused will cause bad things to happen. A child is a best thing. It's a great thing. It can be abused. And it will lead to bad things happening. You can plant into a child good as much as you can plant bad. You can plant into a child hope and optimism 
as much as you can fear and pessimism. Take the magazine Teen Vogue. You've heard me speak about it before. It claims its main audience is actually preteen girls, 10, 11, and 12 years old, presumably to get them ready to be teens. If you go to its website, you will find article after article after article praising communism. They make no bones about it. There's a lot on Karl Marx at Teen Vogue. Who is Karl Marx is one story. If you read it, I'll give you the last paragraph. Quote, while you may not necessarily identify as a Marxist, socialist, or communist, you can still use Karl Marx's ideas to use history and class struggle to better understand how the current socio-political climate in America came to be. That's for 11-year-old girls. In other words, if the name Marx or the word communist is too hard to swallow, just use the ideas. Or dip your toes in it and we'll get you there is another way to read it. How do you think it would work if I said, you know, if the word Nazi is too hard, just use their ideas. The tragedy is we don't have to think in those hypotheticals. We've spent a lot of time here detailing how much our schools, museums, laws, and other institutions culturally and physically engage in the qualitative dividing of people by race and ethnicity. You might just say that's the first step to making ideas become, shall I say, in vogue. It's not a one-off column at Teen Vogue, by the way. They have articles praising Vladimir Lenin. They have articles on abolishing the police and why that's a good idea. The Cartoon Network has partnered with the National Black Justice Coalition to help instruct children not on matters of race per se. That would be too obvious with an organization called Black Justice Coalition. But on gender, on gender, I was going to say sexuality, which would be bad enough, but they go further. Gender. In fact, here's a tweet from the Cartoon Network which has over a million followers on Twitter from last year. Quote, here's to not only normalizing gender pronouns, but respecting them too. Whether you use he, she, them, or something else, we acknowledge and love you. By the way, that's for an audience younger than preteens. Cartoons are for children half that age. And by the way, in case you wanted to forgive the Cartoon Network for partnering with a innocent-sounding organization like the National Black Justice Coalition. You should know it's an organization devoted to and dedicated to, as they, as they tell us on their website, serving primarily lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. By the way, that Cartoon Network tweets links to something called the Gender Justice Toolkit, just so you know. It's not sexuality. It is gender And if you go to that publication, the first thing you get is a quote from Malcolm X. Are you beginning to understand what we're doing to our children? It's not good.
Couldn't you listen to that guitar all day long? Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 602 if you'd like to get in on the conversation. Do you remember when um, and uh, Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo's brother at CNN, was first caught giving advice to his brother and he apologized on air saying he understands why it was a problem? CNN was gracious enough to keep him, and he said he will never do it again, only for us to find out he's now done it again. He did it again by advising his brother being part of the brain trust in the crisis communications of the attorney general inspection of the 11 women, almost a dozen, 11 women, who have accused Governor Cuomo of sexual assault. I have to tell you that we're not done here, even though Andrew Cuomo said he's planning to resign within the next fortnight. We're not done here. I don't know of a single journalistic standard that allows for the continuation of Chris Cuomo doing what Chris Cuomo does at CNN. Brian Stelter said last night that we're in virgin territory here. We've never dealt with things like this. Of course, that's a lie, too. Of course, it's a lie. Why do you think they hired Chris Cuomo? Has he been such a sterling television host that if his last name were Liebson or Smith, he would have had that job? Of course not. And why do you think they continued to keep him on after it was revealed he was giving his brother advice and lying to the public about it from his perch at CNN? They don't believe in journalism any more than they believe in anything they tell us they believe in. But I've got a real problem here. I've got a real problem here with the progressives who had no problem parading Andrew Cuomo around as they paraded Michael Avenatti around as they went after Brett Kavanaugh over the flimsiest possible accusation one could conjure up with someone who had a political bone to pick, by the way. All of Andrew Cuomo's accusers, even though he said they were, they, were, they were being used for political purposes, every single one of them, every single one of them was a supporter of his and a, and a member of the Democratic Party. I think Jim Garrity has this right, and it's the same view I had when it came to Harvey Weinstein, it's the same view I had when it came to a lot of other liberals who hosted television shows or who maintained public office in the House of Representatives or the Senate or the governor's mansion. C.F. Virginia. Jim Garrity says, if you feel some sense of satisfaction with Andrew Cuomo's resignation, great. But the whole sordid saga is sad, not because Cuomo did a hell of a job, as President Biden insists, but because the consequences for Andrew Cuomo's egregious behavior took so long to catch up with him. A slew of institutions that were supposed to be watchdogs and opponents of bullies ended up enabling, excusing, and defending Cuomo's worst impulses. The system failed time and again. Tim Murphy of 
Mother Jones wrote this yesterday, quote, As he spoke to the press, Cuomo himself sounded surprised at the turn of events. Perhaps that that's because the reality of who he was in plain sight for such a long time. For years, the kind of domineering behavior that precipitated Cuomo's downfall was misconstrued or cynically spun by many allies in the Democratic Party and in the press as effectiveness. If Cuomo was always a petty and abusive tyrant in plain sight, where the hell was everyone who claims to stand up for the powerless? Why were so many state legislators afraid to stand up to Cuomo? Why did the U.S. Department of Justice shrug off Cuomo calling up the White House and raging about a U.S. attorney investigating him? Why was the most monstrous governor in America the most wildly celebrated and frequently welcomed CNN guest since Michael Avenatti? I'll give you Jim's answers when we come back. We will be right back. 602-508-0960. Martina, take it away. Listener Joe just sent me the kind of email that makes me happiest of all. I greatly appreciate your choice of bumper music. <laughs> well done. Come for the talk. Stay for the music. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson, Seth Liebson Show. 602-508-0960. After 50-some-odd years, you'd think I could pronounce my last name. Speaking of music, this is kind of a, rever- uh, a Johnny Carson guess. Bill and I, my producer, have created a game we're going to play at 5. And uh, if you can figure out how the game goes, I'll give you a hint. We had to write down our answers ahead of time. The answers are Jump, Running with the Devil, Panama, Dreams, and Ain't Talking About Love. If you can figure out the game, we'll figure out something good for you. And Bill, you and I have to figure out a way to make this interesting. We have to figure out in this game uh, if, let's say, Friday is the deadline. We're going to play best of three today, Thursday and Friday. Uh, And the winner gets a book of his choice from the loser because there's a book I want that I kind of want to buy, and I think I'm going to win. No. No, from the bookstore. From the bookstore. If that's not a good enough prize, but you, you, if you win, you get the book of your choice. I'd even buy you a record album. Okay. All right. Do you watch TV? I'll send you a movie. Yeah, let's not get into that. I wanted to uh, continue um, what Jim Garrity was saying about Andrew Cuomo and how he got along, uh, got away with it uh, for so so very long as he did. And the truth is that the liberals empowered him. They empowered him. Despite everything they say about bullying and feminism, they empower him. If Cuomo had leveled with the public about his decisions involving nursing homes and the virus from the beginning, maybe we'd all be less angry about it. Maybe. We were so afraid of overcrowded hospitals that we enacted policy that was the wrong call. A decision spread the virus among many more seniors. Komar underestimated those risks. He gambled, and he lost. He tried to hide those numbers. He gambled, and he lost, and people lost their lives. He insisted his decision was the right one, even after court orders, leaks, and investigations revealed that Cuomo dramatically and intentionally understated 
the nursing home toll for residents in New York. We could have avoided this mess, at least in part, if more national media institutions had looked more skeptically at his state's handling of the pandemic. Trump could do zero right. And yet you know that that possibly can't be true in human relations. But that's the way the media treated him. And Andrew Cuomo could do nothing wrong, which is also an impossibility in human relations. But that's the way the media treated him. As of this morning, with COVID-19 having attacked Americans from coast to coast for more than 18 months, New York still ranks second in the country in deaths per million residents. Not to Florida, as Joe Biden would have you believe. Second to New Jersey, which is number one. How did Phil Murphy's management in New Jersey, how did his management of this crisis gets so little national scrutiny. Why does no one know who Tim Murphy is? But everyone knows who Ron DeSantis is. Why is that? We would be in a... Pardon? The governor, I'm sorry, is Phil. Did I say Tim? I'm, I apologize. Phil Murphy. Why? Did, who's Tim Murphy? I used to know a Tim Murphy. He was a British writer. No... British writer, Phil Murphy. Sorry. We would be in a better state today if CNN executives, thank you for that, if CNN executives had recognized the glaring conflict of interest their early pandemic programming was, instead of celebrating it, maybe scratching their heads wondering if it was all up and up. We would be in a better state today if CNN had maintained their pre-pandemic policies, that they were happy to interview the governor on air with any other anchor or reporter other than Chris Cuomo. We would be in a better state today if the moment CNN learned Chris Cuomo was consulting with his brother, they took serious action to make clear anchors can't be part of a governor's communication strategy team. We would be in a better state today if Penguin Random House had realized that $5 million was far too much for a book ghostwritten for the governor and that publishing a book about Cuomo's leadership during the pandemic while the pandemic was raging was a bad idea. The story of Andrew Cuomo really is like that of Harvey Weinstein. Apparently, almost everyone who interacted with him knew what was going on, but almost everyone feared his power and didn't want to risk their, 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 his or her careers by standing up to the bully. A lot of people who think of themselves as brave and independent and righteous proved quiet and cowardly when it counted the most. Joe Biden may have had it wrong. It wasn't that Facebook was killing people. It was that Andrew Cuomo and CNN were. I'll say that again. It wasn't that Facebook was killing people. It's that Andrew Cuomo and CNN were. And yet supposedly... The big problem right now is Ron DeSantis because he will not force on the parents of Florida the capricious decisions this month that the CDC has issued. I maintain what I said. You tell me if I'm wrong and think of an example to the contrary. Where the CDC is Mount Olympus, can you find me one thing they have recommended or advised that has maintained veracity, that has held, that has been true 
for three months. I'll say two. I'll go with two months. Can you name me one thing they've told us that is maintained for two months or longer? Masks? No. Herd immunity? No. Transmissibility via animals? No. Transmissibility via solid objects? Remember that one? Do you remember that one when the Surgeon General told us he leaves his groceries outdoors and wipes them down before he brings them in? Only, only, only later to be told that you can't catch the virus that way. Boy, <laughs> Lysol and Clorox had a good couple of months, didn't they? Boy, did they have a good couple of months. And so are these mask manufacturers. And so are the teachers' unions. I wouldn't mind being paid my full salary for not doing my work. The hubris that you want to keep telling us that that's the way it should be. Well, as I like to say based on a book I read many years ago, Manus Friedman, I think was his name, was the author. It's a shame people don't blush anymore. But of course, to blush requires shame. 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 